Oh, after this, I'm after, doing this all right. after this sound like, yeah, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another oh, man. KG Ford Wildcat and Doc podcast as Wildcat chokes all over himself and over my intro. But yes, this is the KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Doc, since Wildcat sounds like he's dying, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing better than that. <laughs> Wildcat, how are you? So yet. Oh, I didn't have a good weekend, fellas. Didn't have a good weekend. It's a bad weekend for the Wildcat. That's because you're really high school lost in the state semifinals. Is that why you're down in the dumps, sir? That's why I'm down in the dumps, fellas. That's why I'm down in the dumps. But I survived. Everything will be okay. Feel, you know, the sun came up. Moon went out. Skies are bright. You're above ground. Hold it on. Your day. That, that's the main thing. That's, that's right. the main thing. But I will tell you this much, though. If it had been in Gregory Gym, it would have been a hard way for folks to get out of that building after that, that, after that fiasco. But I'm going <laughs> to let that go, though. <laughs> I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that go. Other than that, though, fellas, I'm doing all right. I'm ready for tomorrow's Tuesday, day one of home games in the SWAC Conference basketball. If that's season, fellas, if that's season, let's start talking about it. It is champ week, um, as uh, the Full Letter Network has uh, promoted all the conference championship games, men's and women's college basketball, Wildcat test on it. So we can get right on in with the swackers, but I do want to touch on uh, U of H hoops and local hoops in general. But, Doc, you are Mr. HBCU. Give us some previews of uh, the matchups in the opening round of the SWAC tournament. <clears throat> yes, when you look at the opening rounds of the SWAC matchup, boy, I tell you, it should get interesting really fast, really friendly for a lot of folks that are trying to figure out what's going here. Let's start with the women. Shivery's not dead. Southern University looked like they had gave away the championship or outright championship on Thursday as Texas Southern went down to Baton Rouge, played an excellent game, and defeated Southern uh, on Thursday as they still had a game on Saturday to close out the season, which really ultimately became important because Texas Southern couldn't close out the job as they get the big win at Baton Rouge against Southern to tie them for first place, but then on Saturday they turn around and lose to Alcorn State as part of the uh, two-game road trip they did. And therefore, uh, Southern blew out Prairie View on their part, and Southern gets the outright regular season championship and the number one seed uh, because of that victory. So those are the kind of things that were out there. So this is what the ultimate picture ended up being. You have Arkansas Pine Bluff traveling to number one Southern in Baton Rouge on tomorrow. And then the second seed is Texas Southern Tigers, and they'll be hosting the Alabama State Hornets. The number three seed is Grambling State, and they'll host number six Alcorn State Braves. And finally, you have a 4-5 matchup with Prairie View in the home site, and they host Jackson State Lady Tigers. And again, all those games are on Tuesday. Top four teams host the game, and you just heard who they would be. 
the winner of those games will find themselves in Houston, Delmar Stadium, on Friday. And then the championship game will be played on Saturday. And for women, the championship game will be on ESPN3, and it is a 12.30 tip-off for the women. On to the men. It didn't get quite that interesting. There were some scares as Grambling was seeking to win at least a share of the championship on Thursday and then possibly on Saturday, Saturday outright championship. As you probably have heard by now, Grambling is not eligible for the postseason play, so they forfeit their number one bid um, due to NCAA APR issues. But they did what they could control. At least the players did on the field. It took them overtime in Huntsville, Alabama, as they defeated Alabama A&M Bulldogs. The young pups were game, and uh, they rose to the occasion as they tried to send out the seniors the right way on their last two games at home, but couldn't get it done in overtime as Gramlin wins and gets a share of the championship. Then they get another scare as they go down to Montgomery uh, to make sure they get the outright championship. And with three minutes left in the game, they were down seven. Actually, in Huntsville, they were down nine points with three minutes. So no big deal for them. They come up and they win by two. And Grambling wins the regular season championship. But as we said, Alabama A&M and Grambling were not eligible, uh, although Alabama A&M would have been on the outside looking in regardless because of their regular season. So number one seed goes to Arkansas Pine Bluff in the, uh, as they were tied in a three-way tie with Texas Southern and Prairie View for second place in the conference. So Arkansas Pine Bluff gets the number one seed. They will host Mississippi Valley State. That's the team that actually – played to make sure that they had at least a share of second place on Saturday. So they literally turned right back around the Delta Devils and have to travel back to Arkansas Pimbla for this one versus eight matchup. Number two, Prairie View uh, closes out the season very strong uh, as they get it done there. And they ultimately will host Alcorn State. Uh, the Braves come in at number seven. Uh, for that 2-7 matchup at number three, Texas Southern Tigers, and they face off against the number six, Alabama State. So in a lot of ways, this is going to look like a regular season matchup as you have both Alabama men's and women's facing Texas Southern Tigers. So you have your normal 5.30, 8 o'clock tip for that matchup. And then finally, you had a 4-5 matchup. Uh, this one's good if you're in for those robberies. Uh, the ones that just can't stand each other, as they say in these parts. Number four, Southern, uh, as they got beat up and lost a pair of games, so they're going to want a little redemption. But they do get to host the game at home because Jackson State fell off and lost to Alabama State. I mean, lost to Alabama A&M if they get it done, uh, closing out the season for their seniors. So Jackson State at number five travels to Baton Rouge for number four. That's a four-five matchup. Interesting one to keep your eyes on. As we said, they will come to Houston on Friday. And so you have a 12 o'clock, 2.30, 6 o'clock, and 8.30 tip-offs. They do uh, two different brackets, one in the morning, men's and women's set, and then in the evening, the men's and women's set the way that SWAT chooses to do it. And the television game for the championship game will be on Saturday at 4 p.m. Again, that is Del Mar. 
arena there. So that's time to give you the updates in terms of what's going on in the SWAT. Um, if you look at it in terms of MEAC, you actually, they start their tournament on Monday. So we can give you a live look in and give you an update on one game here. You have Norfolk State sitting at 11-5 and five playing Maryland Eastern Shore 3-13. and 13. The Spartans are up 29-21. They had an earlier game with a top seed, North Carolina A&T, uh, that got it done. They really got a big scare. They 11-5, taking off. 2-14 and 14 in terms of conference records and have to go to overtime to get a victory, 62-61, to 61, to actually put out corners of their misery of this long season for them. Uh, but give credit to the Hornets. They played hard and tried to push the envelope, get it done. Um, so those are some of the matchups you'll look at going forward uh, in terms of that. You actually had a three-way tie between Savannah State, Bethune-Cookman, as well as Hampton. Oddly enough, Hampton and Savannah State, as you probably heard, are leaving me at Savannah State is moving to the SIC Division Two. We'll give you some updates of what went on in the SIC tournament. Uh, but I will tell you this, Savannah State, as they play well, moving back into Division II, uh, man, that SIC race, particularly in the East Division over there, is going to be challenging with Morehouse and Clark Atlanta and Claflin. Uh, really playing some good basketball over there. But with that said, Hampton is leaving to the Big South, and Savannah State, as I said, Division three <laughs> close up this season, at least on the men's side, with a shared championship before they exit the conference. I thought that was pretty interesting to kind of see that going on. On the women's side, just to give you a little update in terms of scores of today, uh, you have three winners games today, uh, starting off with uh, Morgan State defeating their rival, cross-town rival, Coppin State, 58-51 to on the women's side. Sam you the Rattler, uh, get it done. Uh, upset in a lot of ways. It's a 4-12 conference record versus 8-8 eight eight conference record matchup. They win 69-64. And another upset is Savannah State, again, closed out this season. They could at least say they – Got a win in the tournament as they have a major upset. Just one in 15 in the conference. One conference win all year long. They go to the table and get a major upset over Hopefully State Spartans, who were playing essentially at home at the Stoke and Norfolk. Uh, can't quite get it done as they lose 51 to 48. A major stunner upset there already in the Mihat tournament to give you some indication of what may take place. Uh, but on the winning side, uh, you have. North Carolina A&T and Bethune-Cookman also teams to keep your eyes on is North Carolina A&T uh, wins it outright in terms of what well, shares the championship with Bethune-Cookman if they win it uh, because of the head-to-head matchup. Let's go to the CIAA. CIAA saw one school win both the men's and women's championship as Virginia Union gets it done both on the men's and women's in the CIAA tournament. thought that was pretty nice. Since we're doing double work here, let's jump to the NAA side with the GCAC conference. As you've seen another team do it, both men's and women's Dillard. The Blue Devils get it done. Uh, first time in modern history of GCAC is that a uh, school wins both the men's and women's basketball tournament in the same year. So credit for what they're doing in Dillard. They will get this to the NIA. So that uh, is interesting one to keep your eyes on. In terms of the SIAC, Classland, as they 
got big wins during the regular season when Morehouse and Clark Atlanta were both rolling. Well, they turned it on in the tournament, and they defeated Clark Atlanta. They didn't done kudos to Claflin, and they were rewarded with postseason play. We'll give you a little final indication on that. On the women's side, Clark Atlanta wins the tournament uh, first time. Uh, coach, after losing record last year, revitalizes that program and gets a regular season division championship and then gets it done in the tournament. Kudos to Clark Atlanta, the Lady Panthers, uh, win it uh, in that form of fashion. So let's talk about the Division Two tournament. Uh, real quick, at least give me some seedings on what's taking place here. They announced these today, so this was fresh off the press. The CIAA was impressive. Excuse me, all season, uh, and because of that, they get three teams in the Division Two tournament, which means that you get a CIAA first round matchup with number one. Virginia Union taking on the number eight seed in that region. Uh, that game will be played March 9th at 5 p.m. But you also get Virginia State to get into the tournament on the women's side. They will take on the number 14 in the borough. So that means there's possibly that you could have in the regional quarterfinal, semifinal, excuse me, uh, CIAA matchup back to back if Virginia State can upset the number four seed there. As you know, Virginia Union, Blue State, the CIW team will come out of that. On the other region, in terms of the SI team coming out of there, you have Clark Atlanta, what they did. But not much respect as they come in as a number eight seed and face number one Union Tennessee in that region in terms of what's going on at the Division Two tournament for uh, the women. Uh, with that, that, that'll do it for teams coming out of the women getting bids to the tournament. Let's jump over and look at the Division Two programs. Tell you a little bit of what took place here. Similarly, you have uh, the SIC. We told you how talented they were all year long. They were rewarded with three teams getting into the men's Division Two. Yeah, Morehouse coming in as the number one seed. They face number eight seeded Florida Southern. And then you have a SIEC regional matchup here with Claflin, uh, seeded number three, taking on a six seed Clark Atlanta in the tournament on uh, this regional matchup. Uh, as we shift to the other region where you have the CIAA, you have two teams that come out of the CIAA, and they face each other right off the bat as you have the number one seeded Virginia State uh, in that region. They will take on number eight, Virginia Union, and we told you that won the CIAA tournament. They got in with that bid, and they again, you have a one-eight matchup, which will be quite fascinating to give you some insight of what's taking place there as we keep our eyes on give and shout-out to uh, Division Two programs. We'll give you an update a little later in regards to the NIA versus they – Hadn't quite been announced yet, but uh, uh, we'll let you know what happened in the Red River Athletic Conference as those teams are moving forward for their tournament. So that gives you basically an update of your uh, HBCU report. You did get some play of the year uh, in terms of the women's side. For those that have been watching it, that should not be a surprise to anybody that would take place there. 
uh, has all everything. Joyce Kennison is a uh, main player of the year, which shocked, it was shocked, it was shocked some people. Uh, but before I talk about what shocked some people on the men's side, let me give a shout-out to Prairie View down there. They had newcomer of the year, Shayla Dobbins, as well as freshman of the year, Tron Cobb. So looks like the future is right now uh, in terms of Prairie View. Uh, what took place there as they uh, four of the five spots here uh, honors in terms of uh, players. The coach Sandy Pugh was the coach of the year out of the, uh, with uh, Southern and Brianna Green get the done defensive player of the year to help and get that regular season championship. On the men's side, what shocked a lot of people was that you didn't get any Texas Southern players on the first or second team. This is the first time since really uh, Coach Mike Davis's era that uh, he didn't even get players of the year, but certainly didn't get anybody on first team, second team. So a lot of people were curious about that. Some of the top players that did do well scoring did miss a lot of games, mostly of their own volition because they were suspended uh, for different times of the season. Uh, but ultimately, give a shout out to. Prairie guys that made the first, second team. Forward, Zachary Thompson makes the first team. And then you have Gary Blackstone, uh, guard there, makes the second team, as well as center J.D. Wallace. Prairie makes the second team. So kudos to them. Great outstanding season time for second place in the NA reward with that number two seed in the tournament. We'll see if they can get it done. As they'll be playing essentially uh, in the Houston area, so they should bring large crowds. You have a couple of opportunities for some Prairie Texas Southern matchups in the second round, so that's some, something uh, to keep your eyes on. On the men's side, if uh, both the lower seeds win Prairie View, Texas Southern, you'll see an 830 matchup between uh, Texas Southern and Prairie View uh, in terms of what goes on there. You won't see that matchup between Prairie View and Texas Southern on the women's side unless they're playing for yeah, that'll do it for HBC Sports Report. Appreciate it, Doc. I'm going to touch on, and I'm going to step on some toes, so y'all listeners and fellas, be you have been warned. <clears throat> UH women won 20 games this year, gentlemen. Yeah. But <clears throat> they lost six of their last seven, ended up losing their last four games. That fourth one being an embarrassing performance in quarterfinals. U of H entered the American Athletic Conference Championship Tournament as the fifth seed, which means they're playing the 12th seed in the opening round, 12th seed Tulsa. 12. There are 12 teams in the conference. 12. I mean, 12 is last. 12. 12. Five versus 12. Tulsa won the game. Let me slow down. Tulsa won the game 98 to 72. Fifth seed U of H almost gave up 100 points to 12th seed Tulsa, who shot almost 60% from the floor in the ball game and smacked that ass 98 72 to potentially end Houston season because Wildcat and I have discussed we're trying to get more get smart confirmation because there's a realistic chance 
that the WNIT will only pick the third and fourth place teams from the conference. And since U of H finished fifth, they may not get invited to WNIT. And then you'd have to wait for the WBI. And I'm not sure they want to do all that and play <laughs> because they're playing games at TSU and you got to pay for them. Don't you? Barkhead for the WBI has to come out of pocket for those games. So they may not want to do that, which would mean a once promising season. Like I said, they lost six of their last seven, could end very abruptly. And Tulsa beat U of H twice this year, scored 83 points in the win at Tulsa over U of H, and then 98 in the conference tournament. I'm going to say it right now, say on this podcast. <clears throat> Attitudes need to change at U of H women's basketball. Personality to change because you win 20 wins. You got the alums excited, paying attention to your program. You got the conference office. They ask you to schedule tougher non-conference next year. So that means eyes are on you now. The bar has been raised. Losing the Tulsa, the last place team twice, ain't going to cut it. So there should be some soul searching over there on the staff and the players to stop slow dragging first half, disrespecting opponents, starting off slow, getting behind, and then trying to press buttons in the second half to come from behind. So if you want to be about it, you want to be on that UConn, USF level, then you got to get off this stuff y'all swallow these last seven ball games and do better. Now, if you don't, and just want to be eh, average, play a, north, a soft non-conference schedule, win those games, win a handful of games in a subpar conference, then just keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to raise, continue raising the level, then you got to step the game up. So there we go on that. And let me just say, this evening, semifinals of the conference tournament is on ESPN2 or ESPNU. Gentlemen, I don't know if y'all saw the score or heard about it or whatever. UConn just played 4C Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat U of H twice this year to finish fourth, including the season finale. Halftime score was 43-5. to 43-5. to five. UConn went on a 34-0 run. 43-5. to five. This is a conference semifinal game against a former player slash assistant coach at Connecticut. 43-5. That's a disgrace. I would have loved. No, 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 I wouldn't have. I would really want to hear what Coach, had to say. Coach Ellie had to say after the ball game. Well, we just could make shots. <laughs> no stuff. Uh, you know what brought that out, Doctor? I don't care what brought it out. The, the last, the, the, the last 
tournament game that uh, uh, that they had that UConn played in, was it yesterday or the other day? Uh, the bench finished the game, finished the last three fifty four in the fourth quarter with no points. Final score was a final score when the last starting five walked off the court at three fifty four. That was no point scored by UConn. Now. I'm saying this to say I'm saying this to say this. You you and I've been watching Gino for a long time. When he has a situation like that, he gets pissed. You know, you can sit and watch just like he does. You don't deserve time on the floor. And tonight, they didn't deserve time on the floor. Literally. So you got what you got. If you weren't ready to play, and you just you just walked up and down the floor. You got on second floor just wore a uniform. That's your fault. You know, and everybody else does in women's basketball. When Gino is in that mood, and the tra- the train is rolling down the track, be damned who gets in front. Your butt will get run over and get killed. Trains do not look leave live people behind them when they run over. And the night the train was rolling. What what and what you say is true to a point, but I still get back to what we have said for as long as we've done these podcasts. If the conference opponents aren't ready and prepared to step up to the level of competition, then get out of the basketball business. Just just don't don't suit up. You know, y'all just go Division Two women's basketball. Just don't don't bother. Just have UConn or USF play independent women's basketball because the rest of y'all that's don't seem to have enough talent to compete. It's and, and it's on national TV because it's UConn. So anyone an outsider will look at that and think, well, here it is again. UConn is bad women's basketball. And as long as you have teams who get their behind kicked like this, 34 nothing run, five points at halftime, you just added fuel to that fire. Five points at They didn't score in the second quarter. That is pathetic. I don't care about the train coming down the track. If you don't want to compete against the train, get out. Get out the way. Let UConn go independent and win basketball or go to another conference. That is ridiculous. And the championship game Tuesday night will be between UConn and USF, the two best teams in the conference. USF ain't going to be within 35 points. I'll be shocked if it's less than 20. I hope it's, I hope it's competitive. Thank goodness this Baylor-Texas Big 12 championship game final was competitive. This, I mean, the AAC, and it starts at the administration level. They need to have serious discussions with every team in the conference outside of UConn. Because USF has some good wins in all conference, but when it comes down to playing UConn, 
they aren't even close. They talk to these teams and coaches, what do we need to give y'all, to provide y'all with, for y'all to get better, to get better on a national level, be competitive nationally? What do we need to help y'all do? Because this is embarrassing. This is the UConn and 11 other folks year in, year out. If y'all are okay with that, just let us know. We'll stop spending your money and we'll just move it on somewhere else. If y'all want to be serious about winning basketball in the tournament, then what can we do to help you out? Please let us know. Five points in a, in a half. The fourth seeded team in your conference scores five points in a half. That is ridiculously crappy. On another note, on a much happier note, Doc touched on a little bit with Joyce Kennison being named SWAC Player of the Year. Houston area schools have talent. Houston has talent. Basketball on down, pro, pro on down. We got James Harden going to be MVP in the NBA. James Harden was at Sunday's matchup between U of H and UConn. Cougars won on senior day. James Harden today, uh, before practice, spoke to the media, was asked to give his thoughts on the job Kevin Sampson has done at U of H. Harden glowed about Coach Sampson. He's done an unbelievable job. Has a, has, he has talent. He's got the guys playing hard. He's got the guys playing fun, playing the basketball. U of H could play that. I posted it on Instagram and Twitter. U of H marketing should just copy that, post that, whatever they want. Send it to media. Send it to alums. Send it to future students who want to come to consider U of H. Student athletes, quote unquote, student athletes. Did you hear what James Harden said about Coach Sampson in our program? Here you go. Look at it. That's that is gold for the program. Men's basketball, twenty-four and six, as high as a six seed projected in the NCAA tournament. A six seed. That means U of H is expected to win their first matchup in the NCAA tournament which would be a win in the tournament would be their first win in 34 years in the NCAA tournament since five slamma jamma. That's how long it's been since Houston has won a game in the NCAA tournament. Rice, women, Erica Gumake, all conference. Nicole Itamarco, all conference. HBU, yeah. South of the freshman of the year. Doc touched on Prairie View. Yeah. Getting their conference honors men's and women's. Yeah. Rob Gray, first team, all A, all American athletic conference. Fabian White Jr., Houston, freshman, all rookie team. There's talent here in H Town. So some of these teams and programs are getting talent. Some of these teams are trying to win and get better. Now, we can argue and debate how many folks come see them play, because I think all three of us agree that it's not a hell of a lot. You know, Sunday's U of H 
UConn game had 5,000 fans. It was a crowd. Loud crowd. One of the biggest crowds all year. Cooks finished 15-0 and 0 at home, their home way home at THU's H&P Arena. Probably had attendance of 5,000 or larger for a home game out of that 15 games, maybe three or four times. That means the other 10, 11 games, 3,000 here and there. He's lucky to get 3,000. He may announce 3,000, but it wasn't 3,000. Student section, where y'all at? Student section, got two sections for you. Barely, barely occupied. You're already paying for the, the fees, senior student fees. Shuttle service was free to go from your base over to TSU. Where y'all at? Did, did either one of y'all see the Wichita State Cincinnati game Sunday? How packed that arena was? How packed it was yeah. hours before tip-off? Hours. Yeah, it was, they were hungry, thirsty. Nice. So Coach Sampson has he has continued to do his job putting a winning product on the floor. It's up to the students and the alums to do their part and buy tickets and put your butts in the seats. Because how long is how how long would you expect Coach Sampson, the staff, and the talent to continue coming to U of H if you don't support them? Any program. At some point, coaches, players, staff, why should I go to school X if they're not going to come see us play? If all they're going to do is continue only, on, only come see the opponent play, they're not going to come see us play. At some point, that well going to run dry. You, you know, U of H alums talk about wanting to be a big-time program in football, in athletics. Well, part of it is you got to support the athletics. And part of that support is going to the games. So, what you know, what incentive does the Big 12 or any other conference have to invite U of H? Well, look at their attendance. There's nobody there. Why don't I want them to come to our, our conference? <laughs> they don't even support their own. Yep. So all that needs to be addressed. Oh, AD, UH AD, Chris Pesman said after the, after Sunday's win over UConn, he did acknowledge on record, which I had heard for a while now, as to be expected, the Fertitta Center would not open until November, December, probably December. Pesman did not give an exact date. He said, so a more definitive answer will be forthcoming within a few days. But uh, the men's team may continue playing some home games at TSU in the early part of the 2018-19 season until the Tita Center is open. So that interview, as well as other interviews, are on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar View. You can go check that out. Uh, kudos to the folks who have subscribed. Starting to pick up subscribers. I guess subscribers who, who are UH fans, because it's not just Rocket fans who are who are now 
subscribing to the channel, so that's good. Also, Juice Around Bar View on Instagram. Facebook page is doing well, too. And, of course, I'm on Twitter at ZHR Review. But, yeah, I had to get, get some of that stuff off my chest. So, Wildcat, if you have some more information, because I know what uh, Carmen USA's tournament begins, I think, Wednesday, March 7th. It's on Wednesday morning, 8.30. No, uh, at 11 o'clock. Yeah, Rice women play. Rice is fifth seed. They play uh, 12 seed Old Dominion early game. Hopefully, they won't stub their toe like uh, oh, no. U of H. And I don't expect them to. I would, let, me, and let me add this. I was not shocked. This is a different group here, brother. I was not shocked group. that U of H women lost Tulsa. I wasn't shocked at all. I almost expected it. So, you know, that didn't surprise me one bit. So, Rice women play ODU in the Conference USA March 7th. So, hopefully they will will win, continue winning, move forward, and have that chance to win the Conference USA championship. They got locals, you know, she got local teams left. The Americans, the men's, AAC tournament is in Orlando. U of H men are the three seed. Will play the winner of the UCF East Carolina uh, first round game in the Cougs matchup. I think that game is Friday, eight eight thirty tip off. And I think it'll be on ESPN U. Um, so you go to my Mansu's blog for the schedule for the conference tournament is on the Mansu's blog. Check that out. So, but there is some winning basketball here. Rockets, of course, on a, are on a 15-game winning streak. Haven't even been completely healthy throughout this season, and yet they're still rolling through, folks. Saturday's win over Boston, 123-120 thriller, was just fun to watch. It was fun to be a part of witnessing it, and they just found a way to win, you know, they made key plays down the stretch on defense to help them come back and win that game. So, Rockets are a complete team. They are a veteran team. Last podcast, I threw out there what happens if certain guys begin to complain about their their disappearing minutes. So far, so good. Part of it is because guys are still nicked up. I think Ryan Anderson is having problem with his hip, so he missed a few games. Brandon Wright's having problems with his knee, missed a few games. Joe Johnson will miss the game against Oklahoma City due to an illness. Eric Gordon had food poisoning for last for a few games. He, he missed last week or so. So Joe Green is going to see some time with Joe Johnson out with the illness. But the Rockets have OKC, uh, Milwaukee, Toronto on this upcoming four-game road trip. So it'll be a test for them. We'll see if they're able to continue the winning streak. But they are playing great basketball and finding ways to win, and that's what it's all about. Gentlemen, how can folks find you on the Internet? Bobcat, you go first. Uh, you can find me online at uh, Twitter, TweetDeck, and uh, Facebook at Jerry L. Woodley, Jr., J.L. Woodley 1 uh, on uh, YouTube and Blogger Blogspot at AKSV VCSR. 
the College Sports Report. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I also forgot the SoundCloud. Yes, you can catch me uh, live on Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab, 92.9 FM HD2, KKBQ, uh, in the historic Caseway Studio every Tuesday from 545 to 7.15 at Central Standard Time for our show. You can also catch me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta-Coville. It's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Well, Kat, the last podcast we had, you had not seen Black Panther yet. I think you have seen yeah. it now. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. It is what I wanted to It is exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, I was looking forward to graphics to science the sci-fi the different layers of cinematography and design and everything it was exactly what i wanted it was two points in the movie that got to me like that got to the core of me one was the first one in the dream crossover when chicala and his dad spoke to him when he was first given his uh uh the, the drink to sleep and start his quest about growth into a man. Hmm. You to be prepared. Your dad, your father. If he doesn't prepare his son to be a man, he wasn't a father to his son. Mm-hmm. The second one uh, was toward the end of the movie, and I think pretty much everybody. Grabs this and note and understands what it means. When Killmonger told the caller, scatter my ashes across the ocean. I would rather that than to die on my knees in a foreign land. I grasped that, I understood that, I understand where it came from. Both of those two statements. If I didn't say it correctly, that's how I reference it going moving forward. But those two points stood out to me in the whole movie. Don't die on your knees. Mm. I'm done. Yeah, uh, you know. I've been back and see it three times. Yeah, I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw it again uh, Friday, so that makes two. I'm going to see it again, so, I'm, you know. Because <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, it ain't a whole lot of movies. I, I'm, I'm a, other than Star Wars, it ain't a whole lot of movies that make me go and see you more than once. Yep. This movie was as long as it's playing in the, in the theaters. If I have free time or whatever, or I get one of those moments, and I ain't gonna lie to you, if I get change in my pocket, I'm headed out. Using my senior citizen discount, and I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do, Doc. That's what I'm gonna do. Use it. Use it. And you fellas, what 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 were you all's points? Chris? Oh no, the, the, the I thought the last thing that you said yeah. uh, really was resounding to me. Um probably the biggest one that I held on to. The rest of it I was just really entertained. And uh just really entertained about the movie as you said. 
trying to get back. I'm going to take Deuce. I went with the wife, so we had a chance to enjoy it. So I'm going to take uh, Deuce during the spring break. We get over there and see it again. And see if I pick something else up. But I like the mu- music score. I thought uh, it really matched the movie well. The ups and downs of the movie. The sci-fi uh-huh. part of it. Yeah. It was exciting. So I'm like you. I just didn't just really enjoyed the movie. Agreed. Like I said, a lot of layers to it, a lot of different levels to it to make you think. I enjoyed it. I'm glad to see so many people have are are enjoying it and are spending their money supporting it and are coming away with different thoughts on it for conversation. So <clears throat> we can do great things, as we all as three of us already know. <clears throat> so and three of us know each and every day we are walking black history. So that's what we do. Positivity. <clears throat> that's what we're all about, you know, and being real, telling like it is. And black Panther does that in a much more astounding way. <clears throat> and I look forward to, but I'm going to buy a DVD or whatever, whatever I got. So I'm going to spend some money and do that as well to continue supporting it. I look forward to that whenever it comes out. Gentlemen, we are roughly three and a half weeks from Columbus, Women's Final Four. Yep. Yep. We already know, well, we don't know for sure, but we are pretty certain that one of the four teams, one of the four teams will be UConn. You know what? I want to be honest with you. KG, let's be honest now. If you call that book, if you raise it, let's say it just like this, if you raise it, move it to the American, we'd still be with no affiliation with somebody going to the final four on a regular basis. You get my drift. Oh, yeah. So as UConn is a member of the American Athletic Conference, of which you've raised as a member, I am proud to go cover UConn in the Women's Final Four. <laughs> Because up until the time they made in, folks, we, it's what almost fifteen years. Yep. No, nobody was going. Nobody was going to get that. It just wasn't going to happen. We just didn't have the faith, and the team wasn't playing like was we, worth a damn to even sniff it. I mean, you, if you can't get to the regional, how can I expect you for you to be getting to the final four? And that's just being real. So we are looking forward to that. I think Wildcat, you're going to be at some of the uh, conference tournament. You're going to be at Conference USA this week. Conference USA. Um, I'm gonna get out. I think uh, they, uh, the uh, Southland has a Sunday game. I'll probably get out and see that. But I know for sure uh, Saturday I'll get to the 12:30 game uh, of uh, or the SWAC, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take me a break because Sunday. And Monday, you know, we'll be doing a lot of telephone and TV time. Selection Sunday for the men, March 11th. Selection Monday for the women, March 12th. So looking forward to seeing where you race men will be. I'm hoping they're going to be in Dallas because if they're in Dallas, then I'm going to try to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll see on Monday, Selection Monday, we'll see which team will be in uh, UConn's 
pathway in that semifinal matchup in Columbus. Sorry. All right, gentlemen, one more time. Hockey Folks finds you on the internet, and we'll wrap it up. This is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online at Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, at AKSV, BCSR, the College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, you can find me on the social media platforms of Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube and Instagram, VHR Review on Twitter. Our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pod Directory, a whole bunch of other different podcast formats. Um, we have our KG Fifth Water Wildcat and the Doc Facebook page. That folks can please uh, send us your comments and questions, critiques on that page. We have no problems uh, answering questions. No problem responding to uh, critiques. So we're all adults. We're all grown. We all know how to respond to civilized discourse. So, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. We'll do this again as soon as we can. I think we will uh, be at Delmar Fieldhouse this weekend for for the SWAT to give uh, to see some good basketball there. Looking forward to that. See how Law and the Rockets can continue winning. That's fun. They're a fun team. It's great for my uh, views on my social media outlets. So that's just being real. <clears throat> I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.